Ladies and gentlemen, the Brit Pack is back. Simon Head from Rochester in the UK flying solo once again this week. That is because the boy Matt Sandu is on his way back from Dallas, Texas. Actually, I think it was Austin, Texas was his most recent stopping off point. Uh, he was down there for WrestleMania. What a great two nights that was. It was it was a really, really good weekend. Uh, I'm not an enormous fan of WrestleMania being over two nights, but I also wasn't a huge fan of WrestleMania being like seven or eight hours long. So splitting it up, I suppose, made it a bit more palatable. But night one, I thought was great. I really did think night one was good. I thought that was the better of the two, but good stuff down there in Dallas, Texas. And I know Sandu absolutely had a blast down there. So uh, if you've not checked out his social media, then uh, have a little look at that. There's plenty, plenty of good stuff on there from his trip down there to Texas. So yeah, he'll be back behind the mic with me for next week's show where we unpack UFC 273. That is what we'll cover on this week's show. We'll get your card marked and get you prepped and ready for fight night on Saturday. Huge event in Jacksonville. But before then, did you tune into Cage Warriors like I suggested? Did you? Did you honestly? Did you do both nights? Did you do the Friday night for Cage Warriors 135 and then the Saturday night for Cage Warriors 136? I hope you did, because if you didn't, you missed one of the best fight cards of the year. Cage Warriors 136 was all killer, no filler. The judges, I know Ben Cartledge, who's one of the uh, one of the best judges on this side of the pond. I know Ben pretty well. Um, I know he was on duty for that event. Not that you would have known. He wasn't required to do a thing. <laughs> he was basically, he basically just had a nice seat uh, for the whole of the night because every single fight on the card, no scorecards needed. And it ended with one of the, uh, one of the most spectacular ways you could possibly win a world title fight. Christian Leroy Duncan, England's own Christian Leroy Duncan, former IMAF competitor, won medals at IMAF level as an amateur undefeated as a pro, has moved his way up the Cage Warriors ranks at 185 pounds, knocks out France's Jatty Milan, who was the defending middleweight champion, with a flying knee to win the Cage Warriors middleweight title. It was stunning. There was an even more spectacular knockout earlier on in the night from Manny Akpan. Check out the pinned tweet at the top of my Twitter feed, uh, at Simon Head, and you will see the knockout. It was Part spinning heel kick, part capoeira, part awesomeness. It was just an incredible knockout. If Molly McCann's knockout at UFC London is the knockout of the year clubhouse leader right now, Manny Akpan is right there with it. I really do think so. It was absolutely incredible finish. And uh, it was just about the only thing that overshadowed Christian Leroy Duncan's incredible flying knee. But every single fight delivered a finish. It was an incredible night of fights at the BEC Arena in Manchester. If you have a Fight Pass subscription, and for some reason you haven't watched this fight card yet, set yourself aside two, three hours. Sit yourself down in front of your screen and just kick back and have some fun. Every fight was a banger. Every fight had a finish. And uh, you will come away thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. And that, I think, is what we're going to get on Saturday night. I think we're going to get thoroughly entertained with the UFC. 273 card from Jacksonville, Florida. Two title fights at the top of the card. Alexander Volkanovsky taking on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. Who could stop Alexander Volkanovsky? 20 fight win streak. 10 in a row in the UFC. And he's won the world title, defeating Max Holloway. He then beat Holloway in the rematch. He then beat Brian Ortega in an unbelievable fight. You know, some of the spots he found himself in in that fight were 
you just wouldn't expect anyone to survive them, but he did, and he won the fight. He's still the featherweight champion of the world. On his way to being the best featherweight champion of all time, but as he said during media day uh, this week, he's not quite there yet. We'll be able to listen to a little bit from Volkanovski in a little bit. I've got some audio for you, so we'll drop that in in a little bit. But that was uh, that was a huge performance in his past fight. He takes on the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung. This is his second go at the featherweight title. He fought Jose Aldo for the belt way back when. I think it was UFC 263, if my memory serves me correctly. And uh, I remember watching that at a BT Sport launch party, UFC launch party. I was working for BT Sport from when BT Sport very first started. And uh, they hosted a UFC party. And that was the event, UFC 163. And uh, yeah, that it was going okay in that fight for Chan Sung Jung. He was kind of fighting on level terms with Jose Aldo, dislocated his right shoulder, and that was his fight done and dusted. He obviously had to go away and do national service for the for, for South Korea. That is part of uh, the law over there. You know, you have to go over there and do your national service. That's what he did. He came back. He rebuilt his career. And eight years removed from that first title fight with Jose Aldo, he takes on Alexander Volkanovsky for the featherweight championship of the world. Will he win it? I'm not so sure he will. I mean, he's dangerous. He's certainly got the ability to pull something out of the bag and stun Volkanovsky with something. I don't think he'll sub him. I think there's always the outside chance that he could catch him with a big shot. Volkanovsky's proved to have an incredibly solid chin, so it would have to be an absolute shot from the heavens to to uh, to finish Volkanovsky. But he's done it before. He's done it before. So do not rule him out. He is a sizable betting underdog going into this. Volkanovsky, an almost unbackable favourite, I would suggest. There's a few very very lengthy betting lines for the top three fights on this card, but uh, that is that that shows the amount of betting interest that some of these fights are getting. I think there's a lot of money being put on the favourites. And uh, it's making it's making the underdogs look a little bit attractive on the on the on the betting lines, but I wouldn't be tempted by this main event. I think Volkanovski really does have all the tools in his in his bag to win this one. And uh, here's what he had to say at the pre-fight press conference earlier this week. Alex, I wonder, does it feel like you're finally? settling into this champ life i mean it seemed like the, for the start of your reign it was always like oh no he's got to prove it he didn't win that fight you know he's got to go prove it but now you know i don't think there's any doubt does it feel like you're finally kind of settled in as the established champion yeah. <laughs> we, we there yeah so a lot of times you you would probably talk to alex volkanovsky you know they're just the, the guy that was that all i've always been you know what i mean and but today you're, you're talking to the champ you know what i mean and that's something that i have you know i want to wear this uh crown you know what I mean I earned it you know what I mean I deserve it so I don't have to feel like I'm being cocky by owning that crown that I, I deserve to wear so um that's 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 a that's a, that's a mate it's beautiful really you know the freedom I have even just chatting to you guys man it's just it's incredible but again you're talking to to the champ now not just a regular bloke from down the road which I've always been and I'm, I sort of pride myself on that but hey it's time to really uh, own that and uh, wear that crown proudly. I mean, we have to dress you like Mr. Volkanovski now or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, champ. You can, you can dress me as champ today. Uh, after this, you can t- call me Alex. It's all good. All right, champ. Well, I, you know, the thing that's cool is I, I really feel like you are finally starting to get that recognition, right? Like, the, the, I think the doubters are gone. Has that been important to you at all to, to finally hear that and see that? I mean, I know you always believed in yourself, but to now hear it and see it from other people, is that important to you? Man, it, look, it is. It's. is. I've been 
uh, obviously sounded like a broken record all week about it. The thing, the best thing about this is that I don't care, right? I don't care about that. But yes, it's definitely changed. But uh, I've changed, you know, I'm not looking for the, the negatives. And this was only recently where I was like, you know, what are you doing? I was like paying way too much attention to all that type of stuff and, you know, letting that uh, just put weight on my shoulders for nothing. You know, it was holding me back. I couldn't be myself. I couldn't be free, as I'm, uh, as I'm trying to say. Where now, yes, it has changed, but what's better about it is that the fact that I don't care if it didn't. You know what I mean? I really don't. If I wasn't getting it, whatever. Who cares? Move on. You will You will uh, jump on board soon. It, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at right now, and that's what, what I love about it. But, yeah, it's definitely changing, and it's good. The names that you've been beating, obviously, Ortega, Holloway, Aldo. I mean, now you look at Zombie. I just wonder where you see, like, A, your excitement level. I mean, he's a guy that's been around for a long time, of course. But, B, maybe also, like, the challenge, though. I mean, those guys were the specialists at what they do. This guy's, you know, more of a veteran than necessarily the, the clear number one contender. So where does your excitement level and the challenge level live here for you? Oh, man, I'm pumped for this. I'm absolutely pumped. You know, obviously, uh, it's a new face. It's, well, not really a new face, but, I mean, obviously, uh, across Octagon for me. But he's a, definitely a familiar face. He's been around forever. It's a guy that I've always wanted to fight. You know, I've always thought I was going to fight. You know what I mean? It's a zombie. He's been at the top of the game ever since uh, this featherweight division has ever ever started. So... You know, it was something that, this is a legacy fight. This is someone, you know, I've taken out a lot of the legends and I want to keep taking out legends. So uh, he's definitely one of them. You know, he's, uh, he's earned this, this spot, you know, I mean, he definitely has. So uh, I'm, I'm motivated 100%. Again, like it's, I'm going to be motivated no matter who's in front of me because it's, there's expectation what I, what I want, you know, out of myself. So I'm going to go out there and do my thing. But yeah, unfortunately for him, you know what I mean? I died, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him that he got a title shot. It's probably going to be his uh, last title shot. And, again, I'm not look, you know, I don't want to say I'm looking past him like I'm cocky, but, I mean, where I'm at right now, I can't see myself being beaten. Um, you know, he's, uh, I did him a solid by, or we did him a solid by giving him this uh, last shot. But that's it. That's, uh, that's as far as this favor goes because uh, I'm going to take that away from him. But, yeah. I was going to you know, his reputation obviously well-deserved, but, you I mean, the, the killers that you've been facing, I mean, does he do any, like, is there any one particular thing that he does? Like, oh, man, we haven't seen this before. Man, we got to really be careful for this. Oh, there's plenty. Yeah, there definitely is. Especially, like, you talk about guys that, are, you know, obviously come forward and they're, they're gamers and that, right? There's plenty of them. But yeah, he'll put your lights out at the same time. He'll eat one to give one, literally eat one to give one, which is always fun. It's going to be a fun fight, obviously. It's going to be a crowd pleaser, that's for sure, but... Uh, but it's going to leave a lot of openings for me. You know what I mean? I'm going to be calculated. I'm not going to be silly. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, you know, you're going to try and top the last one. I'm not going out there to try and top it to make everyone happy. It's just this fight is what I'm expecting to happen anyway, you know, whether it tops it or not. But, I mean, it's going to be a banger because that's just how he fights and I'm going to make him pay. You know, you come at me and try and find my chin and walk forward to me, I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to make you miss and I'm going to be capitalising on every opening that he gives me. So uh, I'm looking forward to going in there and put on a show and, just showing everyone uh, where I'm at right now. Nice. Last thing for me, I guess, ask. Now that there really is no question as to whether you're the champion or deserving or whatever, what do you want to accomplish with the reign? Because it feels like it's starting now, you know what yeah. I mean? So what do you want to accomplish as champion? Oh, man, like, uh, just keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I, I think uh, this is a new part right now. Like I said, what we just talked about, you know what I mean? Uh, just where I'm at right now, headspace and everything, you know what I mean? Uh, it's uh, This is where, you know, you're going to see me, like with the freedom that I talk about, talking to you guys outside five week and in the octagon. People are going to see that and they're going to see me really own that. And, you know what I mean? And that's obviously going to add to the legacy as well. But I want to keep taking these guys out. You know what I mean? And I've got a division to hold. I will do that. Then we're going to talk about other divisions and all that. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. But right now, I want to defend this baby a, a few times this year. 
I want three fights this year, and uh, again, it's going to be a big, massive year for me, and it starts Saturday night. What starts now? So there we go. Alexander the Great Volkanovsky looking to make it 21 wins in a row, 11 in a row in the UFC. And if he's successful on Saturday night, it will also be his third straight championship defense. He's chasing greatness at 145 pounds. And he hinted, as you probably could uh, could pick up from that, that a move up to 155 is not out of the question one day. Um, interesting to see what happens with that further down the line. But Volkanovski right now is the man to beat at 45. And uh, I think he's just going through the job of trying to clean out that division. And uh, next in, in line is Chan Sung Jung. So we'll see how that goes on Saturday night. Co-main event, I think, is almost flying under the radar. And that's incredible given, you know, the the storyline of this fight. Al Jermaine Sterling versus Peter Yan. It is a title unification fight at Bantamweight. Yan is the interim champion. Aljo. The defending champion, uh, Aljo, of course, winning the belt via unique circumstances when he fought Peter Yan first time around. Yan was a champion back then. Yan connected with the most obviously illegal knee in title fight history and was instantly disqualified and rightfully disqualified. And the championship ended up in the possession of a certain A. Sterling of New York. And hey, it might not be the way that you want to win a title. And it certainly isn't the way you want to see somebody win a title. But that's the rules, right? That's the rules. If you lose the fight, you lose the belt. And that's what happened. Peter Yan lost the belt. Aljamain Sterling won the fight. He won the fight via disqualification. He started really well in that fight. Had a really good first round. Pretty good second round. The fight was, however, very much turning into a Peter Yan fight. It felt to me like the momentum had flipped at that point. Yan was starting to really dictate terms. And even Aljo in, in his uh, interviews has said that the fight was definitely going the way of Peter Yan at the point of disqualification. And, you know, I think, I don't think there's too much argument on that. I mean, Sterling admits it. Yan obviously said he was going to win that fight. And I think anybody who watched it could see that it looked like it was certainly going one way. And that was uh, in the direction of Peter Yan. But the legal strike stops the fight. Game over. Disqualified. Aljo is the new champion. There's been a whole load of uh, bitching, moaning, complaining, trash talking, sniping, jiving on social media and in interviews between then and now, pretty much. Um, Yan taking exception to some of Sterling's antics after after the fight, celebrating with the belt and all the rest of it. But I think some of that was, he's partly trolling people. I mean, let's be honest, Aljamain Sterling likes a joke. And Aljamain Sterling, I think, was was uh, sort of thumbing his nose to uh, to a few of the haters on social media with the way he was going about some of the things. Ill-advised? Possibly. But he's completely within the rights to do what he wants, right? His reaction when he was immediately given the title belt is the reaction that I think you could construe that as being his legitimate, true, honest reaction. And what did he do? He threw the belt down on the floor. That is not how he wanted to win the belt. Go back and find the interview that he did straight afterwards. He was in tears. He wasn't in tears because he would just become champion. He was in tears because of the, the way the whole thing had panned out. They were not happy tears. They were tears of disappointment. This was supposed to be the biggest moment in his combat sports career. The moment when he became 
a UFC world champion, the pinnacle of the sport. And he achieved it in completely unsatisfactory circumstances. For him, forget what everybody else thinks, forget what I think, forget what you think as a fan, forget what Peter Yan thinks. He became champion of the world, Aljamain Sterling, and he did not like how it felt. That's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how it's supposed to be. So now they're going to run it back, and rightfully so. Will we see Peter Yan take over and win the fight and win it cleanly? Will we see Aljamain Sterling build on the many good things that he did in the early part of that fight? Will we see a completely different fight to the one we saw first time around? Who knows? All we have to hope for, ladies and gentlemen, is that we see a nice, decisive, undisputed, for want of a better word, result. Let's just see how this goes. And let's hope that whoever walks away from that fight with the belt is the true, rightful, honest winner who hasn't won the title through unfortunate circumstances, such as a disqualification or an injury or something, you know? Hopefully it, it becomes a clear win and uh, we don't have any any more controversy at the end of this fight. But it's going to be an absolute cracker of a fight. And uh, Aljo was in pretty good spirits at Media Day where he uh, talked about his lead up to the fight, how people reacted to him during that time from when he won the belt to now. And uh, he's good to go. And I tell you what, he's in fantastic nick. He looks in prime condition and ready to defend his title on Saturday. But here's what he had to say at media day. Forgot my helmet. Sorry, guys. And my neck brace. Well, I guess, man, we know what a journey it's been to, to get back to this point and just to, to all the things you've had to deal with. So I just wonder, we'll be right in front. It's yeah. yours. <laughs> yeah, I guess, how good does it feel to just finally be at this point, to finally be at fight week and, you know, not dealing with all first the repercussions, then the buildup and everything, and just being ready for a fight? It feels like a farce, man. It almost feels like a fable that wasn't going to ever come true. You know, one of those things that just kind of just made up. Um, I had a lot of obstacles just to get back here, and I'm super fortunate, super blessed. And that, that's been the theme of this camp because a lot of ups and downs, from not being ready, my body not cooperating with me. Um, I think I just cut my PT too early, trying to jump in for a fight that I was told that I wasn't ready for yet. Um, starting up another training camp, and then that one getting pulled from underneath me again and being told that Jan isn't vaccinated. I, I think they were just saying that to just kind of get me to, to attack him, which I did. <laughs> so uh, they got me to take the, the bait, and uh, we had to push back again. I was starting to think, like, I would never be back to another fight week. So I'm, I'm really blessed to be here. I'm super happy and thankful to be making this journey and this walk again and doing all this stuff with everybody because one day the music stops. And I think that's been the theme for me. It's um, here one day, gone tomorrow. So um, I'm blessed that I'm, I can make some pay-per-view points. That's going to be nice. And get to punch a guy I don't really like in the face and cement my legacy in uh, history. And, and that's what it's all about. We know physically what you had to overcome to get here, right? But I just wonder, like, how taxing or difficult the last 13 months have been for you mentally. You know, all, you know, first coming out of it, you're trying to explain to everybody what happened and explain, and then, then you're getting doubts and questions and, you know, people question your integrity and your character and all these things along the way. I mean, how difficult has it been for you, I guess, mentally to, to deal with all the noise? Uh, not, not too bad. In the beginning, I was trying to get people to understand. They were asking me, like, why I look like that. And then as I tell them, 
they shit on me. So I'm just like, all right, at this point, if you guys are going to make fun of me, I'm going to make fun of you. I'm going to take this and run with it. So people were saying they didn't like the way I handled it. I'm like, let's be, let's be straight here. I handled it this way because of the people. If it wasn't for that, again, the way I, I let the belt go in the octagon, I think that shows exactly how I felt about it. And even despite that, I felt like I was a champ when I beat Corey Sanhagen. The media said the same thing. We were the highest-ranked guys. We should have been fighting for the belt. Not a guy coming off of a loss and not a guy who just beat a retired Uriah Faber. You know, Uriah Faber is great, but he did his work back in the day, not, not currently. You know, So for him to get a title shot, both those guys, they did not belong in that title shot situation. And we know how the UFC operates. You know, So at the end of the day is what have you done for me lately? And I felt like the champ going into that fight, so no one could ever tell me uh, you f- you're the most unqualified champion. I'm like, listen, dude, if you know what you're watching and you understand and follow the sport, then you know that I was the guy that should have been there the entire time. So it is what it is for me Saturday night. I get to defend my belt and uh, right the wrong, and my first title defense is Piotr Jan. So we had a controversial ending. The fight was going his way. I already admitted that multiple times, and people still decided to go over that. And it is what it is. So... You harp at me, I'm going to do the same thing and just dish it right back. And uh, I like to have a little bit of fun with it. Nice. How much intel did you get for that first one, right? I mean, we know that you're saying, look, I'm a different guy now. I had surgery. You know, I made some mistakes. I'm different. But from your perspective, how much intel did you get in that fight that you feel is, is useful? I mean, did anything surprise you or anything? You're like, oh, now I know I can use that against you. Not really. I think Jan is a phenomenal fighter. I think he's great, but I just think I'm the best. And uh, if that's my off night and I can have an output like that and still keep pushing forward, even though he's hit me with his best shit, I mean, what happens when I'm on, just like all the other nights? You know, so um, the, most thing I, 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 the most thing I could give him credit for as his high guard is pretty well sound. But outside of that, it's like I'm, I'm hitting him with these shots that aren't meant to really do damage is to keep him at bay and for him to overcommit and look for my takedowns. And I just wasn't able to drive through and do all the things that I normally do. So he's good. He's talented. He's got good reflexes, good instinct. Um, His trips are good, but at the end of the day, I think anyone, I legitimately think anyone who hasn't wrestled before could have did that to me that night. And people could say whatever they want. We're going to find out in a couple of days is either I'm full of shit or this guy really, really just had a nice highlight reel based on a guy that wasn't fit to fight that day. So um, that's the beauty of this sport, you know. So thankfully for him, he was dumb enough to uh, give me another opportunity, and this time I won't let him off the hook. At first, after the fight, it felt like the, on the back-and-forth banter was maybe just having a little fun, and then it seemed to get pretty personal. I mean, it's, it, has this become a personal fight for you? Uh, I mean, yes and no. I think the personal part is – we both really, really want to win. He thinks he's better than me. I think I'm better than him. And uh, I think that's pretty much where it goes. Like, whether or not after this there's a handshake or a hug, whatever, um, or a grilling stare down afterwards, who knows? You know, I, I just think depending on how the fight goes depends on how this kind of ends up. You know, so at the end of the day, uh, I'm in here to be the best, whether it's Jose Aldo, TJ Dillashaw, Dominic Cruz, Rafan, whoever it is. Cheeto, all these guys. These are a lot of great competitors out there, or Piotr Jan. So he's the guy in front of me. He's the guy I need to take out, and he's the one with the target on his back. I got, I got nothing to worry about. I'm the underdog. Everyone thinks I'm going to get smoked again. I'm going to have the last laugh, and I cannot wait because I've been in this position before, and people, oh, he can't strike. Pedro Munoz, oh, he can't grapple. Um, it's Corey Sanhagen, he can't hang with him. He's too long. Uh, this, that, the third. Cody Stamen, uh, Brett Johns, undefeated. 
all these guys, you know, I'm not, these guys are great athletes, great competitors, but I've been doubted multiple times, and I always rise to the occasion. And I can't wait to do it again. Last thing for me, I guess I'll just ask, what will this win mean to you? Because as you said, you are already champion. I know that people say whatever they say, but you're champion. But what does this win mean? Does this feel like, you know, you did throw the belt down in the cage. So does this feel like the moment you really secure your, your legacy or your position? I think so. I think to the fans, I mean, for me, I think this just adds to that. I think the resume that I've, I've had during the time when people were hot and on these win streaks and I'm taking these guys out, I think that's what it's all about. I think people that follow the sport and they understand that, you know, I'm not fighting guys past their prime. I'm fighting guys who are on win streaks. I'm fighting guys who are finishing guys and all that. So I think when you account for that, the body of work speaks for itself. And there's a reason why I do what I do, and I think is I'm, I'm a very tough puzzle to figure out. And if I get people down, it's usually not a good night, you know. So um, I think I get them down the way I did in that first round, and it's going to be a short night for him. I, I really do think that I'm going to climb his back like a spider monkey and uh, choke his ass out. So there we go. Al Jermaine Sterling, the funk master himself, top bloke to meet. If you ever bump into him at an event, he is just a uh, he's just a top man. He really is. And to be honest, Peter Yan, I've, I've always enjoyed chatting to Peter Yan as well. He's his English is better than my Russian, but my Russian is awful, and his English is is okay. So when I've interviewed him, um, it's been mostly through uh, through a translator through uh, through through Syat, and um, he's uh, but he always has a little he always has a little sort of twinkle in his eye and a slight element of mischief to some of the things that he used to say when we interviewed him uh, on his way up through the UFC when he very first joined. I remember chatting to him in uh, oh where were we Prague? Uh, he took on John Dodson. And uh, his fight with John Dodson was really the fight that captured the imagination um, of fight fans that week, and uh, it was a it, it was a decent matchup, and that I think was one of the fights that really cemented Yan as someone who could really go all the way to the top, and he's done just that. And I remember watching him for ACB before he even got into the UFC, and he looked he looked UFC ready long before he ever got to the UFC, and he's just proved himself every step of the way. Unfortunately, one brain fart, for want of a better phrase, has uh, cost him what could have been a nice little title run already. Um, there's no disputing that what happened was wrong. It was an illegal knee. There's no disputing that it was the correct decision to disqualify him. The only dispute, really, is the fact that people thought it was not the way for someone to win a championship. So... Uh, could it have been a vacant belt? I suppose you could argue that if that was written into the rules to start with, but it wasn't. You know, if you lose, you lose the title to the guy who, who wins. That's just how it is. But um, Peter Yan is an, an outstanding, outstanding fighter. And I think whoever wins this fight on Saturday can legitimately call themselves the best bantamweight in the world. And we will find that out in the co-main event. Now, two title fights at the top of this card. They will normally dominate all of the column inches heading in to fight night but not with this fight card because the fight that precedes those two is arguably the biggest fight on the card. That's the one that seems to be getting the most hype. It's the one that seems to be getting the most attention. And for good reason, Gilbert Burns, Hamzat Chimaev, arguably fighting for the right to face the champion of the 170-pound division at the moment. That's Kamara Usman. Later this year, this looks like a bona fide 100, 170 pound title eliminator. Gilbert Burns has been in there with Kamara Usman before. 
Had him in trouble before eventually getting stopped. Hamzat Shemaev has steamrolled everybody, but he hasn't fought anybody with a number next to their name yet. He's not fought an elite-level opponent yet. Where is his level? Where is his level? It's like uh, Han Solo watching Luke Skywalker practicing his lightsaber stuff in Star Wars, and he says, good against remotes is one thing. Good against the living, that's something else. In this, it's good against unranked opposition, that's one thing. Good against the top contenders, it's something else. And we're going to find out just how good Hamzat Chimaev is. Does he really have the force? Has he got what it takes to be a legitimate threat? Everything that you see suggests yes. But the one thing we have never seen is Hamzat Chimaev knocked out of his game plan. What we haven't seen is Hamzat Chimaev would have to face any adversity whatsoever. I think he's had two strikes landed on him at his entire UFC career, and only one of them was graded as a significant strike. So basically, no one's laid a glove on him so far. So it's all been one-way traffic. How does he How does he fight when he's up against it? We don't know. You know, we've seen a lot of good fighters in combat sports over the years, be it boxing or MMA, who look absolutely great when things are going well. And then all of a sudden, they come up against a little bit of adversity or someone who's bigger and stronger, someone who can't get mowed down. And all of a sudden, things change. Will that be the case with Hamzat Chimaev? My gut feeling says no. I think we've got a legit contender on our hands. That's question number one. Question number two, is he good enough to beat Gilbert Burns? That's what I'm really looking forward to. Gilbert Burns here is an absolute elite, elite operator on the mat. He's a former jiu-jitsu world champion. You can't play games on the mat with Gilbert Burns. So Chimaev's top game better be, he better be minding his P's and Q's if he takes Burns to the mat. Because if he leaves anything out, out hanging, Burns will, will snatch an arm, snatch a neck, grab a heel. He'll do whatever he needs to do to, to get that sub. In the stand-up, Hamzat Chimaev will be bigger. He'll be longer, and uh, he'll be. He should be able to dictate terms on the feet. But Gilbert Burns can crack. Gilbert Burns has got some heavy hands on him. Just ask Kamara Usman. Just ask some of his other opponents. He has got heavy hands, but Burns has also shown himself to be somewhat fallible. So if it's going to be a case of Burns, we may see be very aggressive in this fight. Because that's something we haven't seen against Chimaev. If Burns comes flying out the corner, all guns blazing, this could get very interesting very quickly. Because I think if he tries to fight a little bit calm and cool and fight off the back foot and look for openings, we could end up with a situation where Chimaev just picks him apart because he should have the reach advantage. He's certainly got the the height advantage. And uh, I think in the stand-up, those tools are going to be very useful. The only way Burns is going to get in there and do some real damage is if he just gets in there and closes the distance. But then he's got to contend with Chimaya's wrestling, multiple-time Swedish national champion. So the key advantages for me sit in Chimaev's corner. He's got the striking advantage. He's got the physical advantage. And as the fight gets closer, I think he has the wrestling advantage. Where Burns has got the edge is with the submissions. But you can only really do those submissions and leverage that submission ability if you have an element of control or an element of space. And so far from what we've seen at Chimaev, limited sample size, I, I grant you, he doesn't give anybody space. He's at, he's on you like white on rice. He does not give you any space at all. So I think the, the sizable odds um, 
on a Gilbert Burns win are probably, while they look really harsh, you know, you see just how how long they are for a guy who's a number two ranked contender against a guy who's never fought an elite level fighter. It looks really skewed. It looks really bizarre. But, but you look at it and you kind of understand. You kind of understand. So I think Hamzat Chimaev might just get this done. Gilbert Burns is, looks like he's at the training camp of his life. He looks in incredible nick. Um, and he wants to test Chimaev. I'm really looking forward to this. I think we're going to see a very aggressive Gilbert Burns in the first round. Um, and interestingly, in an interview he did with me uh, the other day, uh, he said um, that he predicts a finish. And whether he wins or whether he loses, someone's getting finished. And uh, it's going to be very interesting to see who it is that is still standing at the end of that fight. Smart money says Hamza Chimaev, but we will see. We will see. Um, I'm sure everyone or everyone by now would have seen and heard from Hamzat Chimaev. I think everyone's running his quotes. Let's hear from Gilbert Burns, shall we? Um, who's had uh, he's had a hell of a training camp, and he's looking to prove to be the real acid test for for the Wolf heading into this one. Here's Gilbert Burns speaking at Media Day. Gilbert, what's what's um what's this fight we've been like for you, right? Like this is I feel like you're almost getting more attention now than you did when you fought for the title. I mean, what's what's this like? A lot of work, brother. <laughs> Uh, my schedule was 9 a.m. today all the way to 5, so I got a lot of things to do. Busy, but I'm I'm not a complainer, so it's okay for me. Uh, I think we got a lot of eyes on this fight. Uh, this guy is very tough, but <clears throat> we're going to test, right? We're going to see if that guy is real or not. And uh, I'm here. I'm the guy to, to, to test this guy, to stop the, the, the hype train, so... I like it. You know, I'm here in this position. I ask to be here, and uh, I want to I want to fight the best guys. If he's one of that, if he's that beast, that's the guy that I want to fight. Yeah. I mean, you've been around this game for a long time at this point. You've seen people come into the sport, get hyped. But, I mean, what do you make of this? Because it feels like people are just ready to write you off and be like, you're just the next victim. You know I mean? Is that bizarre to you, or do you take offense to that? I don't mind. I like to be the underdog. I beat the underdog in what, my last maybe five, six fights. So... To be honest, it, it doesn't matter, like, right? It doesn't matter what people think about you. It matters what you think about you. So I don't mind. So I know me, I'm not counting me off, brother. I'm, I'm coming and I'm going to beat this guy. And uh, Saturday after five, I'll be here talking to you guys. But uh, it doesn't matter. It matters what I think, what my team thinks, what my family thinks. They all believe in me. They always they all support me. So that's the ones that count, you know, the the. Not, not offense to you guys, but the media, the fans, the, that doesn't matter, you know. When you take away all the hype and the reputation, just look at him technically speaking, what is it about his grappling game that you see that's made it so effective? Nothing special. I think uh, his wrestling is very good. His control and ground and pound is good. And the fact that he's very long, he helps you. So he, then he gets good grips, good control, knows where to put the weight. Very technical. Uh, hits hard. Uh, but the opponents didn't help as well, too. Those guys don't know how to get up. Don't, the other one don't know how to wrestle. I don't I don't even know. I got to look at twice. His first two UFC opponents, do you know their name? Anyone? No one knows. So those guys, for sure, they're pretty tough to be in the UFC, but they're not Gilbert Burns. They're not, they're not 
on the top of this division. So if, all due respect, sorry for you if you were one of these guys, no offense, but I'm on the top of the division. You know, I give these guys the opportunity. I want to fight him because I believe he's very good. I don't see a monster, you know. I don't see – I see a human being confident, a little bit cocky, undefeated, thinking he's invincible, untouchable, but – we shall see. We shall see Saturday. Like I said, you're clearly the most decorated person that he's fought so far. Do you think he'll be as aggressive as he has been in those other fights, knowing what's at stake here? Or do you think he even knows, I, I got to take this one a little bit differently? To be honest, I don't know. I'm ready. We, I, I have my strategy either way. I do think he's a fast starter, and so, so am I. I don't think he's going to change that as much. I'm still not sure if he's going to wrestle right away. I hope so. I don't. I'm not sure. But he, his tendency is to strike more when he see another grapplers to strike, and he got heavy hands. He kind of. Th- that's the thing when two grapplers, two wrestlers go to a fight. We're not uh, the, talking as a grappler. We like. I know the guy doesn't have a better. Uh, striking than me, so we both get comfortable. That's why sometimes when two grapplers, two strike, two wrestle, or grappler go to a fight, they they stand, they finish with the end up being in a stand up war because of that. Because oh, that guy doesn't have a bad striking than me, so both guys have the same mentality. Sometimes he comes with that mentality, but I don't know. I gotta ask him and let me know. I think he's gonna <laughs> wrestle. <laughs> we'll get the answer to you. Uh, and I guess last thing for me, I mean, obviously people are saying if he wins, he fights for the title. Uh, do you have a, a plan in mind of what you should deserve? I mean, you, like you said, you're one of the few guys that put your hands in the air and said, give me this guy that you guys all say is a killer. Do you know what that should des- you know, earn you or what you should deserve after this? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I think everything depends about the performance. If I go out there and get a finish, I believe I earn it. And, and bro, no <laughs> – no sad stories, you know. If if I don't, I'll fight another guy. Like, I'm not thinking too much ahead, okay, because the scenario is so big. Kamaru going to fight Leon. He, he, I think he's going to win, but he might lose. Vicente is fighting Bilal. I do believe Vicente is going to win. So it, it all depends, you know. Maybe Kamaru, maybe that fight goes to September. Maybe if he lost, it got to be a trilogy. So I'm not thinking too much ahead you know i have a big what russian problem in front of me i'm not i'm not i'm never looking past this guy i think he's a very tough and i respect him that so there you go that was gilbert burns who's taking on hamzat chimaev in probably the most eagerly anticipated matchup of the entire fight despite the fact we've got two title fights at the top of the card crazy but true also on the main card pivotal bout at strawweight Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres both looking to get themselves in position for a potential shot at the title. Both of them really can't afford to lose. I think a, a loss for either one of them would be pretty damaging. A win could really get them in the mix. So will it be Tisha Torres and a, a striking and movement? Or will it be Mackenzie Dern who a striking is improving, but it's not nowhere near in Tisha Torres's class in terms of technique. But of course, Mackenzie Dern has that ace up her sleeve in that elite level jiu-jitsu if she can get teacher to the mat. So a uh, real clash of styles in that one. And uh, what should be a pretty lively affair in the opening bout of the pay-per-view card, uh, Vince Pichel taking on Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen undefeated from Denmark. Very strong wrestler. Good heavy hands. Vince Pichel 
Very strong himself. Don't see him in too many bad fights. That should be a lively one to kick off the pay-per-view card. Also, the prelims are stacked. Absolutely stacked. Listen to some of these. Ian Gary is going to be the featured prelim. Ian Gary, who's now training at Sanford MMA, former Cage Warriors welterweight champion. This is a man who's going places. Make no mistake. Taking on Darian Weeks. That should be a good stylistic matchup. Look out for another highlight real finish from the future Ian Gary. Jarzino Rosenstrike is back. He's taking on Marcin Tabura at heavyweight. Aspen Ladd is back, taking on Raquel Pennington. Fingers crossed for the Wayans. Aspen sometimes has a few little problems on the scale. Fighting at bantamweight. So fingers crossed that shouldn't be as bad for her. 135 pounds taking on Rocky Pennington. And uh, Mickey Gall taking on Contender Series alum Mike Malott in the opening televised prelim card bout. The early prelims, you've got Alexia Lenick versus Jared Vandera. Anthony Hernandez taking on Josh Fremd. Pierre Rodriguez, another Contender Series alum, taking on Kay Hansen. And Julio Arce taking on Daniel Santos. That is your fight card for UFC 273 on Saturday night. That will be from the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. I believe the start times will be pretty consistent with what we've had in the past. Check your local listings. It'll be live ESPN plus pay-per-view stateside. It'll be live for you on BT Sport here in the UK. And uh, it should be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking forward to this fight card. It should be an absolute belter and uh, lots of questions to be answered. Will Alexander Volkanovsky continue on his run towards greatness at 145 pounds. How will the bantamweight war of words finish between Aljamain Sterling and P.D. Yan? Can Gilbert Burns put Hamzat Chimaev in his place, or will Chimaev just run through Dorino and charge towards a title shot at 170 pounds? We are going to find all of these answers out on Saturday night. It should be an absolute belter of a fight night. Come back and join us for the recap show next week. Now, you can join us on social media. Follow us on social media. Go to thebritpackmma.com. You will find all of our social handles on there. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Stitcher. You can subscribe pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, to be honest. We are pretty much everywhere. You can subscribe to get the podcast sent to you via email, via our substack, thebritpack.substack.com. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which will be going to video very, very, very soon. So, yes, lots going on, lots going on. I've almost shaken off this COVID business. Uh, Sandu's virtually back from WrestleMania. Normal service will be resumed very soon with a UFC 273 recap where we will pick through the bones of what should be a pretty fun night of fights in Jacksonville, Florida. Enjoy the fights this weekend, boys and girls, and I'll talk to you next week.